Today on the Andy Chen Talk Show, we have Sharon Ao O Jing Xian. Uh, on my podcast, I always talked about passion, and I think Sharon embodies p- having passion for life perfectly. Uh, today, we talked a lot about uh, how she made her decision where she switched from an artist uh, to working in a corporate environment, and now uh, moving, dropping everything and moving to Paris. Uh, we also talked about the fashion industry, what fashion really stands for, the value of fashion, and many, many other things. This is an amazing episode. I really like it. Uh, but before we begin, I want to say a big thank you to Huane Singapore for sponsoring our location for the shoot. And don't forget that this video is also available on podcasts on iTunes, Spreaker, and Stitcher. Okay, so when we begin, you just uh, you want to introduce yourself in um, the way that you would like to be known. Okay, yeah. uh, to anyone who's watching and listening, my name is Sharon Ao. Um, I'm a 42-year-old auntie who is, <laughs> <laughs> who is, who is uh, beginning a new chapter of her life. Yay! Yes, moving to Paris in two days' time. Yes. Three days, two days, two yes. days. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And oh we, we met... Um, Actually, we met that on tiramisu, right? Not before, right? I don't we met think. on tiramisu yeah, in tiramisu. 2005. We that was my last sitcom. drama, my last yeah. project for yeah. MediaCorp. Yeah, I remember. Uh, you were my brother. I, my, I, honestly, you I, acted as my brother. Honestly, I can't remember. Was I very pimply then? I had you a lot were of very then. tall. I mean, you still Scrawny. are. Yeah, but very, very skinny. Very, very like scrawny. malnutritioned, malnourished. Yeah, because I have autoimmune skinny. disorder. Oh. Yeah, which means my body oh. rejects a lot of uh, nutrients, food. like yeah, reject a lot of food, and then yeah. and then that's why my, I'm always under. I've always been under, either underweight or overweight, so my body cannot deal with like. Oh. So I only gotten better the past few years. Huh? Yeah, you you look perfect now. Not perfect. I still get very bad days. Is it? Uh, it's it's almost like a handicap, but you can't see it. So like, if I accidentally come into contact with like things that I cannot, then my body will just automatically go in go in goes in flame. And then like, uh, and I'm an actor, right? But the first reaction I get is like rashes all over my face. <gasps> no, this is what? You're allergic to food or? or uh, I'm allergic to a lot of things. Reactions. Yeah. I'm allergic to like uh, dust mite, to like peanuts, to like prawns, crabs, egg, dairy. Uh, so how do you things. make sure that your body absorbs? So now, okay. In the past, it was very difficult because uh, my body was so inflamed that whatever I put inside, my body just rejects and then I'm just constantly inflamed and sick. Right? And then uh, what I did was that I did a lot of detox and then I also cut out, I almost cut out all, all food except for like rice and like those very low allergy count. Right? Right. And then after that, my, my body is slightly more stabilized. Then I went to do a blood test. Then mm. I got like a more accurate results of what I am allergic to. And then I cut those out of my diet as well. And then I still keep track of those. Now I still don't eat those things. And then okay. I, I try and put my, put myself in a diet whereby there's a lot of nutrients. Uh, so I eat a lot of like high, very rich food, uh, like ao de tang, whatever, mm-hmm. la, mineral rich, like fi- uh, fiber rich, protein rich. Just eat nu- nutrients filled food. La. And then like I, I can tell that my body is getting better. Oh, so you really have to watch what you eat. It's yeah. very tough it's in very Singapore. Hard. It's very hard as an actor. That's the worst. I remember like I was filming halfway then I just go into a, a room that has like a lot of dust, like period film. Then my whole face and body was covered in hives. And then there was a very short lunch break, like 45 minutes, half an hour. And I, I had to rush home to take a cold shower so that it won't oh, be so obvious. No. And then I skipped my lunch and then I rushed back on set to shoot. So that has been my life for... Many years. Very How many long, years uh, has it been? 10 years. Oh. <gasps> 10 years. <gasps> but it's about you, like, not about me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, but is it why you chose to end partly, your... Partly, partly, partly. Right? Definitely Health a huge reasons. part. La. Yeah, because I, I don't think I can sustain the channel 8. You know the Chemi drama hours, right? Right, right, right. I, I, I can feel that my body... I don't want to die early also, and I also want to be healthy for my kids, right? Right. So I think that I, I cannot sustain that kind of work. work Sorry, hours. how old are you? 30? 33. Oh my God, you're so young. Yeah. These freaking kids are young. <laughs> they, I'm like... They always call me an update or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but no, no, you look way, way much better than... 13 years ago, yeah. when you were 20. I was very sick then, uh, still. Sick, but you... 13 but was, I think... No, 20 was when... I, I think I kind of... It kind of flared up when I was 16 or 17. Okay. 
So that was a few years into my autoimmune. It got very worse. It got, it got very worse. It got worse, <laughs> um, I would say, maybe five, six years back. Yeah. No, then after that, you joined Star Search and you won, right? Yeah, yeah with the condition. <gasps> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I was away, life. then you won and you become really famous. Not famous, la. I'm really? never famous now. Really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, but can we talk about you? Are you? Are, you, are, you are like a professional no, host. No, like, you no, are no like... it's true. I'm very interested because you're yeah. one of the very few actors with looks, height, and yet character. Looks, height? Yeah, so you're not just a character actor. You're a character slash idol. I am not an idol. La. Okay, I, okay, honestly, I, I never... I used to think I'm very good looking, shamelessly. Right. And then after I got into the industry, I realised that I'm not good looking at all in... Relative to the industry, you I'm are. not good Have you seen all. yourself on TV? Because sometimes you, you don't so. see yourself on I TV. I see myself on TV, that's why I know. And have I you seen yourself shit. on stage? You, have, you exude presence and charisma. So actually when you left, I felt that it was uh, I mean, a loss for our entertainment industry. So I was actually quite glad you were continuing mm. your video, video productions. But, but I think the audience need to see a lot more of um, competent acting. Oh, I'm, I'm very, very flattered. Mm. If that. only our TV audience saw you on stage, I saw you on December Rain, I tell you, took my breath away, and it's the, it's, it's the <laughs> charisma. You me blush. Like. And do you know he can sing? You can sing so well. No, not really. La. Okay, I have to say for December Rains, I, I did work very hard la, because I know it's very hard. A musical is very, very, yes. very hard. And then, honestly, Ye Lang Jun Lao Si and they were very worried because I honestly I couldn't really sing at all during the rehearsals I, I had to go for two auditions and they were very iffy about my voice and during the rehearsals and all they were but Buntik like, loves you he really? sang praises of are you, you. sure? Yes, but he's yes. so like in front of me he's so like, like never say no, anything no he's fine like. he, he likes to pretend to be very cool in front of his actors but that's good to hear. I'm he, always very worried that I, I didn't perform up to par for his standard. Yeah, he loves has, you, yeah. and he rarely loves um, TV actors. <laughs> well, Oops. we do have a reputation for <laughs> not being very good. Yeah. So how about you? Like how how let's start from the beginning. Like how did you? What was your childhood like? And then how did you step into media? What? Yeah. You want to start from there? Yeah, we have seven hours. I know the interview. Oh dear. Oh my god, my childhood. Yeah. Let us understand like how you became like the person you are today. I think it 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 sprang from a very dark place. <laughs> no, you know, I'm a very typical example of uh, a ch- an only child born of a, oh, only a child. Par- yes, and uh, a divorced parents. Mm. So I was left most of the time by myself uh, at the care of relatives. Okay. So, and my relatives sort of found me a nuisance because, you know, it's sort of like an abandoned kid, the parents mm. doing their own things, and uh, they had no choice but to look after this, this, this girl. Mm. And I wasn't the cute, adorable, big-eyed dog. Not as pretty as you are now. Like. No, not, not at all. <laughs> uh, I must have been quite annoying and thin and... Maybe I look like a rat or something. So I wasn't like those like halfway through puberty kind. Of. Yes. So I wasn't lovable, lah. Okay. To to put it that way. So okay. it's very hard for people to like me. So most of the time I was left to myself. Oh. So, but as a result of that kind of uh, uh, exclusion, mm. I began to start talking a lot to myself. So I think it's very very typical. I'm sure if you. If this is you, where it gets better, right? Not like darker, <laughs> darker. Right? We need alcohol. Uh, yeah. No, no. So I think if you speak to a lot of uh, only child and damaged family, I think they all we all share the same path. Mm. So we start to start to talk to ourselves. Mm. All right. Yeah. Okay. So I start to talk to myself and I start to do role playing. So my I wife is like that. Is your wife Kate an only child? Uh, she's not only child, but. She was brought up by the grandma alone. The sister was right, right. Somewhere else. So usually, when your family is a little broken, yeah. uh, you you develop defense mechanism to survive, right, mm. and to to sort of maintain your sanity. In my case, it just made me go a little bit insane. Yeah. Okay. So I talk to myself in different roles. So sometimes I'm me, and then my mom, and then I play my father, yeah. and then I play a imaginary characters. <laughs> so you see, it is great because yeah. from a tragedy, I developed. In today's terms, the passion for 
performing. Mm. So I found solace and um, um, a lot of comfort in expressing myself through the different characters. Mm. And I realized that that's actually role playing. Okay. But at that, at that young age, you, you don't have a terminology to it. So mm. you're just basically a bit insane. And then when I started school, It doesn't help. Like, your relative will be like, what's wrong with this kid? Yes, yes. I'm just like a very weird child in the corner just talking to herself. But when I went into primary school, there was a drama club and I realized that I fit into that weird circle. So everyone there was so-called weird because they were all role-playing. So, I mean... Wow, drama so, clubs are like the saving place for weirdos. Like, I've heard so many guests tell me that like, they found themselves, like found where they belong yes, in drama clubs. Yes, <laughs> So I really thank uh, our schools for having ECAs. Because yeah. if, it, if, if it was just academic then I think I wouldn't have found an outlet right. to release a lot of the pent-up frustrations and questions la, that right. I had as a child. Right. But there was ECA, so, you know, through sports and through drama clubs, yeah. It's called CCA now. Right? Is it called CCA now? Sorry, Maybe it's, it's a new term already. It's CCA? Okay, yeah. my time was ECA. <laughs> yeah, during my time was also ECA. curriculum activities. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, uh, so I became who I am today. You seem to be a very quietly passionate person. I mean, this is from my own observation. Mm. Uh, I don't know whether it's accurate or not. Would you say it's accurate? What do you mean quietly passionate? So what is the opposite? Opposite is like me, like very loud. Like, I'm very passionate, like two <laughs> things, you know? But you are sort of like, you know, more reserved. And then I just like, like, you just do your things. And then, you know, your work kind of shows that you are quite focused and you know you, mm. you enjoy what you do and then you just keep doing it but you're not very loud about it la. like shamelessly loud <laughs> like me like you're passionate look at me yeah, you're not like that la. Like, am I accurate to say that? I, but this is actually the first time I'm hearing this hmm. um, but I, I think in, in a way yes I, I'm a quiet uh, warrior um, I'm, I'm the I don't know uh, maybe I used I used to talk too much my former persona as a TV host yeah. and a TV personal, personality. Um, so I think at that time, you, you, you hear me more, but then, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm all over the place. But I think ever since I sort of retired from the industry, mm. went to Japan, and then I came back um, to, to take up a, a corporate role, mm. I think I, I have uh, become a lot more introverted or rather I kept a lot of my thoughts to myself because you exhausted your okay when you were doing all the and all the variety was... you were very loud and yes you know... yes yes because that I was playing a role do you realise was, that, was that you it came to a point whereby like you didn't enjoy it anymore no no yeah that was very me no no I, I enjoyed my work then all the way to my last day all the way to tiramisu so I enjoyed every part of the work I actually left uh, quite reluctantly. I forced myself to go. Okay. Yeah. Why? Because I didn't want to get too um, comfortable because I was, at that time, I don't know. Okay, let me just say this. Not very humble, but I was at the peak of my career. You were. So yeah, it was yeah, very just, comfortable. Yeah. And I was enjoying every bit, uh, yeah. even the crazy parts. And I was even enjoying the hours. Because I you think doing I was, drama, but you're doing variety more than drama. Right? Towards drama. the last uh, four years, I was doing both. both. Because, <laughs> yeah. No, no, but I loved it. I loved it that, that I was able to stretch myself mm. that way. I think in your 20s, yeah. you can. It's, pretty good. it's a pretty good career for your 20s. Yes, I, admit, yeah. I didn't have to sleep at all. I think I slept <laughs> an average of two to three hours a day. And it was it was it was sufficient. Really, <laughs> it was it was sufficient. Yeah, slowly, like confirming that you are like weird. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Two to three hours. Yeah, it was sufficient, and I, I still look very beautiful the next day when I, I know when I went to work in front of a camera. I oh, still look so radiant. Lucky, like. I think your inner energy and your external um, aura helps right. as well. So so you sort of wanted to pull yourself out of the comfort zone. Yeah. Or what what made was... you? Yeah. Sorry. Go oh, on. I was given a scholarship. And at that time, it was a great timing because the, if you remember, there were a very severe competition era, right? Oh, that was the media works. Yeah, period. yeah, yeah. There was a media works. Yeah. So remember, both companies were trying to retain. So MediaCorp yeah. was trying to retain. MediaWorks was trying to attract. Yes. So both were giving 
really good, really good pay. incentives. Yeah, incentives yeah. yeah, not just pay alone, yeah. but uh, what else uh, did the artists want in their career? Yeah. So whatever you ask for, basically, it will be granted. It was the best time. It was, it was a golden, the really. It was the best it was time, golden, time. It was the best time to be a, a, a celebrity then. Yeah. So everybody got what they wanted. They wanted movies. They wanted to record their own albums, even though they can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you asked for, you got it. You know. So when it came to my turn, um, uh, I remember the, uh, the artist manager uh, was. Oh, she was anticipating the same request, like you want to star in your own TV drama, own movie, own album, and host your own talk show. But I, I, I came in and I said, I want a scholarship to study. I think I remember that. that yeah. That okay, so was... that took them by surprise. And I remember they couldn't answer readily. She yeah. had to consult the CEO. Um, and I said the same thing to SPH. Oh, because both wanted so, and at that time, whoever who can provide me the scholarship, so I was, the scholarship is to study what? Oh, I just wanted to, because you know I've graduated from Hua Chong and forever I was a delinquent forever, <laughs> <laughs> doing <laughs> acting and hosting. And I think being the only child, my mom really wanted to see a scholar at home. Right. So I just wanted to pursue the most basic academic academic degree, which was what you studied. So I studied international law, European constitution. That is the most basic, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can no nice point market? International law, man. Okay, so you decided. But yeah, so how, do you, how do you use, how, do, how does international law like work? Precisely, so I, I think I made my company very frustrated because they, <laughs> they expected me to do film studies and right. direct, like, directing. Oh, entertainment management Ent- or yes, something, right? Yes, yeah. something more relevant to the media industry. Yeah. Um, but I chose to go to Japan yeah. and to, to take up a different language and to pursue a different path. Mm. I think I'm just a, a little bit... My decision-making is a, really a little bit insane. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so they, they granted. <coughs> so thank, thankfully, they, they, they said yes, but they said, but you can't leave now because we are fighting a war. It's ridiculous, you mm. know, you go... So they said, stay and fight the war till we win it. And then... So but I was only, those the like exact words? Yeah, fight the war. Like fight the war. Yeah, it was. Oh, a I wish war. I was in that time, man. So that you sounds know, like an exciting, exciting yes, time. Yes, yes. At first, I said, of course, I would fight the war. So I fought on till we merged. <laughs> right, which the was about two war. years, or two, three. No, years. it took me five years. Five. Oh, so it was. So, so you waited in for five years for this. I got the scholarship. I left in two thousand and five, when I was uh, thirty years old. So I was very happy when all my wow. old colleagues came back and uh, two media companies became one. And then uh, I was very happy. And then you left to study. Yeah. And then what was the... And then I never a, looked back. There was a, and then you knew you were leaving the entertainment industry then already, right? I knew, but the company didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they thought you were going to study and After, come back and continue yes, being a host? Yes. For how long? For like, the bond is six years. Bond, right? yeah. The bond is six years, yeah. so you were studying Because I was away for six years. So you study for six years and then you, you come back and work for them for six years. Yes, that yes. was the agreement. That was the agreement. That was a that was a contract. It was a very fair contract. One for one. Why did you need their bond? Like, couldn't you have afforded to go and study? No, on your no, own? no, no, no. I it's couldn't afford. It's too expensive. Uh. And and you are giving away too. Um, the opportunity cost was too high. So yeah. when you came back, you're supposed to uh, take on go back to your like presenting. Yes, yes. Role, and yes. then what happened? And, uh, I'm supposed to come back and uh, join the TCA. Um, so I remember when I came back and they already showed me my one full year of work. commitment uh, programs and shows. Um, so to their horror, I said, um, I'm not prepared to do that. I actually want to join the corporate department. <laughs> so, yeah, they did what you did. They, they rolled their eyes and they with disbelief, so there were a lot of struggle. Um, but technically, you, can't, you don't have a choice, right? Because yeah. you are under bond, right? They yes. could say like, no, you're going to do it anyway. Yes, yes, yes. So but actually, thankfully, the company, um, in the end, they were really quite reasonable. Um, after a lot of negotiations, um, they let me go. And uh, I joined a corporate part of MediaCorp. So I served six years bond with the corporate 
Um, and I think I had a huge pay cut because as a celebrity, you earn this amount. And right. then as a fresh graduate studying in the corporate arena, you, you, you start from zero. So I remember at that time, my mentor, Mr. Chang, who yeah. also had uh, left the company, he, he, he couldn't believe his eyes, his ears. And so he came to me and he said, are you sure you're making the right decision because of the, the, the disparity in... The pain, in, in the pain. Yeah, in remuneration. Um, so I said, you know, just want to have a change in my life um, and do something what's the, that I can be proud of. What's the motivation behind that? I mean, why did you want this change? Did you already want it when you went overseas to study? You already knew it. It was the plan all along. Yes, the previous yes, little yes. thing. And the more I pursued um, the, the, acad- the cat- uh, academic, the more I knew I wanted to do uh, business, I wanted to understand the mechanics and the whole machineries of a media industry, but not being in the front line. Because I think it's very limiting. P- people rarely communicate as an actress or uh, as a host. You, you, you are you're in charge of the, the glamour. Yeah. So I wasn't really very comfortable with that without knowing how it works, you see. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so I just wanted to to see uh, what the, is the media industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. The, the money didn't bother you, like you have. So it did. The money <laughs> bothered. So I adjusted my lifestyle, um, which was very easy because I already from from Japan from the from the from my school days. Mm-hmm. I already adjusted a lot of. Uh, wow, my moving habits. down like financially is not a easy thing yeah, right? yeah. when you have your comfort yes, and yes, your yes. but the, fu- the funny thing is the human body is so adaptable the human spirit is so malleable that you'll be surprised at what you can do you know so with the little little money I was still able to live very uh, happily yeah. your, your, your family and your close friends were they like yeah, they were like, oh dear, there she goes again. <laughs> oh, so they're used to it. La. No, because Amen. yeah, the first most insane decision was, was when I left Japan. the entertainment industry. And to yeah. them, that was like the stupidest thing ever. So they <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you were at your peak of the game. La, yeah, la. And then, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Actually, for, do you know the narrative that it's like, because, okay, I realized this thing. When people don't understand what's going on, mm. they always paint a very negative picture. Oh, right. So the, 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 the narrative that I got was that you were in some sort of agreement with the company and they're going to send you overseas to study and then when you come back, then they will fast-track you to like the, like the high management and then you are, you're, you are ambitious and you want to basically um, oh. become a high management and, and like basically take a high corporate pay. And, you right. know, yeah, that was the, wow. the narrative that came to me. You know. Wow, but that, that, that sounds very professional. That yeah, would, but that sounds very well planned. That would have been great. I think I the narrative probably was derived from the result. The from, result yeah, because that's the only thing they know, right? It, it, like, because the know. conclusion was this way. It happened this way. People see me uh, rising the ranks in, yeah. in a fast-track manner. Yes. And I think that's how they understood the whole picture. Uh, I wish it was that way, but it wasn't planned that way. It was a, a bit of a struggle um, because I had to switch role. And then I made it happen by myself by working very hard in, in, in the corporate world. And, you know, it's very, it's not as easy as I thought. Actually, halfway through, I think in the first three months, I sort of regretted it. And I, I, I told myself, shall I go back to Mr. Chang, who, who, who has always loved me? With your tails between your legs. And then say, <laughs> I think you were right. I'm more suitable to be an artist. Because, you know why? Because... You start from zero. Yeah. So I was in a cubicle with Everybody my, my colleagues yeah. and I was part in a technology team. So a group, uh, uh, an office full of very stoned, older men. Oh gosh. Who are very good in the te- 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 technology. And every day at lunchtime, there would be people queuing up and pointing at me because they oh, cannot believe. No. They say, oh, Jing Xian, oh, Jing Xian is there, right? And then they would come and take selfies. And so actually that period of time was very difficult for me because I felt very embarrassed mm. um, because, you know, I was... Okay, I had to swallow a lot of my pride and ego and kept reminding myself I am um, not anyone special. 
Um, so don't 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 be too embarrassed. But actually, I was embarrassed. Um, it has to be. I was, I was I so embarrassed that I didn't dare to go to the canteen um, because I I I don't know what people would think. Oh, so Sharon Ao has to go to the canteen and buy her own lunch. So I didn't eat. So my first year, <laughs> so my first year, I lost all the weight I gained in Japan, eight kg. Okay. Yeah, but then you see, for every challenge, the process, the the transition is always the toughest. Once I crossed nine months, the nine nine month mark, it was fine. Everybody got used to me in the cubicle already, mm. and I got used to being around normal. You started eating again. So I started eating. I went to the canteen. Um, I still take pictures, but it's fine. Mm. It's fine. Mm. So, so basically, you got into your corporate corporate job. Yeah, and right? I worked from zero. But did you did you enjoy it? The oh. corporate part, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was tougher than I anticipated. I think I had a very naive projection of what uh, the corporate, corporate world means. Is, yeah. I thought you know, just be hardworking and um, be outstanding. But I realized you have to moderate. You cannot be too outstanding. Too often, I hate that because then I people will think you know, see you as a threat or. Um, I think the usual politics is very evident, especially in a corporate environment. Mm. So yeah, but I learned a lot. It was great. It was good to put what I learned mm. uh, into practice and to actually see it mobilize itself. So I learned to be a, a lot more flexible than I used to be. Mm. I'm not sure if you if you if you if you if you see the perspective shift in here. When we were in the front line and acting, it's all about us, you see. Yeah. And a lot of times, it's all about you and the character, your partner, and the script. A lot of things you don't have to care about, yeah. so you can basically be in your own world. Yes. But um, in the real world, it is um, there's a lot of collaboration, a lot of. A lot of understanding yeah. how one another work, and sometimes you change to suit so that you achieve a common goal. Yeah. You cannot always expect people to work the way you work. you work, expect. Yeah. So it's true. that was a great humbling again, another humbling process. So the six years was truly character I, building for I, me. <laughs> I read in your blog, right, which I, I think is amazing, by the way. Uh, Thank you. That you. Like, like you had a lot of breakdowns when you were oh. in the corporate world and then I read one which was very well described where you know you were tearing and you were going to walk out of the office bag. yeah yes. your bag went to the legal department so why, 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 why do you think about it that it's so difficult that it's I mean out of your 100 breakdowns <laughs> like why why is the corporate environment so hard no I think it's okay it's hard um, every job has its difficulties mm. but I think I I grew up in an environment where I've always been the center of attention, mm. or rather, I always attract attention. Um, so when you are in a corporate environment, there's no star player. You have to really work as a team, um, and I think it took me very, very long to overcome that because I've always been the brightest one, the star. No. Not necessarily the brightest, but I've always been the star. Mm. Um, uh, so it was okay. Maybe that was one of the difficulty. The other one is I always felt trapped uh, in an environment where I cannot totally speak my mind. Mm. 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 That's that comes with working in a corporate for sure. Yes, yeah. and and but I learned many ways to skin a cat. So sometimes mm. you don't have to say that particular opinion at that point yeah, in front yeah. of so many people, you can always say in another way or at another more perfect situation mm -hmm. where maybe you're alone with that person. Right. So, so you see, there are just many things I had to adjust. Uh, so for someone like me who were used to getting things my way easily and you know, individually, uh, there was a lot of learning process and it was a steep learning curve. Mm. So I'm so glad that biggest breakdown of mine when I took my bag and <laughs> went into the legal department and wanted to break my bond. I'm so glad that I did not. Because then you I would not, never... Right? And I could not. <laughs> I read, I was like... Yes, I have to sell this, sell that, yeah, right? Yeah. And oh shit, not enough money. <laughs> no, 
No, so I'm so glad that uh, uh, it, it did not work out. So it made me overcome that last bit of self-ego pride. That was the last bit. Because that's when you realise you talk so big, but you couldn't execute, right? Right. So you're back to zero again. And then you just bite the bullet and... It's a very humbling start experience. Start from zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then now you are making a decision to move to Paris. Yes, yes. On Sunday. On <laughs> two Sunday. Days, two days more. While yeah. we are recording this. Yeah, yeah. So um, your plans are not completely concrete yet, right? Yeah, yeah, it's not. Um, so so many people, again, my mom said, again, another, another insane decision made by Sharon Al. Mm-hmm. Um, because she said, usually when people resign... Is when they already have a job, you know. <laughs> they know <laughs> what they want to do, yes. you know. Especially when they resign from such a stable... Yes. Uh, like you finally, status. like after all the difficulty, you got to a good spot. And yes, then now yes. you want to destroy it again. That's, yes, like, yes. that's like your pattern, basically, yes. right? I was promoted right. twice and then I finally uh, was landed the job of the publisher of Elle magazine Singapore. Yeah. Um, yes. But I told my mom, if you don't shut the door right at my face, it will not propel me to, to survive. Because there will always be this comfortable safety net waiting. Yeah. So, so you make it a habit to shut it completely? I have to. I have to. You're if very not, brave. You're you very cannot brave. leave. Yeah. I, will have, I, I mean, honestly, I would have done what I've done today, like a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. If I had the courage to, but I was yeah. always like saying, no lah, I can always do it halfway. I can always, you know, because I changed my yes. contract to full management to yes. independent. Uh, right, so right. I was a bit like halfway, not here, not there. Yes, and, yes, yes. And I always kind of tell myself that you know you slowly move your way up. But I realized that, like like you say, if you don't completely like kill that thing, yes. kill that like safety net, yes. then you can't fly. You really just can't can't go on to the yes. next thing. Yes, it's quite scary. That's exactly. Okay, but what are you doing in Paris? Like, oh, are you gonna? So for really the first time in my life, I'm just gonna go there and go for interviews, job interviews. But what kind of job interviews are you? I doing? want to open. I so you have no open. limitations. So yes. You're just basically, is what, what? What's your mindset? Like a new chapter in your life, so you're just yes. open to experiences. Yes, <laughs> yes, completely new. And I feel that, right? You know, we have that when we were younger. In, in, when you were in primary school, when you were younger, you, because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Everything's uncertain. So there was a lot of excitement. Like, yeah. when I grow up, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. I don't know. Yeah. Even primary school to secondary school, yes. first then, day of school, is like... <gasps> correct, correct. But I think we lost that anticipation because everything is sort of settled in your life at a certain age. Mm. You have this, you have that. Everything is very comfortable. So that's when you get bored, you see. When I say bored, I don't mm. mean like bored, and, you know. Yeah. I mean, you lose that sense of anticipation and excitement that a little kid has. And that's what you are. Yeah, so I want to go to Paris and having no safety net, not knowing what to do, um, and, and, and see what happens. And you see, what's the worst thing that can happen? Nothing! The worst thing that can happen, I told my mom, because my mom was very worried, still is. I said, the worst thing is, I'll just go and stand by the river, La Seine, take out my violin and play. Nobody is going to realise... That's not helping her, you know. That's not no, no, she just looked at me like, okay, <laughs> should I have sent her to therapy <laughs> when she was young? Should not have ignored the symptoms. Yeah. <laughs> no, you just play your violin. People will not know how bad you're playing because the last and the, <laughs> the Parisian oh ambience, they will just go like, oh, this passionate Asian woman, a bit old, but look like she's enjoying her music, you just open your violin case and mm-hmm. then just hope that people throw money. If they don't, just continue playing. No, really, that to me is the worst that can happen and that's beautiful. So, so it's basically there's nothing to fear really? Like nothing to fear. And next to my apartment, <laughs> there's actually a very famous French bistro um, that is frequented by tourists. It's in every guidebook. I will not say which one because then you will know where I live. Um... <laughs> I can go and be a server. Yeah. I speak Japanese, English, Chinese, French, Spanish. So I think I would be of value as a server. So this is the worst that can happen, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you won't, you won't die of hunger. You won't. And in exchange, <laughs> in exchange, you live exactly the way you want. Mm-hmm. Um, you're free to, 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 to fly and to stretch yourself to know what and what you can achieve or what you can you have no expectations mm. 
Basically, you are you broke free of all social expectations. You broke free of all so-called like logical thinking, lah, like logical thinking. So, what would you say that you are passionate about life? I'm very, and I want to change the definition or redefine the definition of success mm. and happiness. So, what what's your definition of success? To be free. I know the Singaporeans' definition of success is to have um, a good uh, shelter in a very good part of Singapore, yes. to drive a very prestigious car, and uh, to be so and so. Your name card has to say this and that. Yes. So that is a very very logical, rational, and um, typical definition of success. Um, so I just want to explore another. Another success, mm. and that is to be free, uh, to be free to be who you are. And I think if I can achieve that, then I'm truly fulfilled. Mm. I think you're very like uncertainty oriented, like variety oriented, like yeah. like you're almost allergic to certainty in a way. Yes. Right. Like once things get into a pattern, then you you kind of realize that you are getting into a comfort zone. Yes, I think there's something. I think you you hit the spot. Um, when things are too comfortable, I become lazy, and I don't like this 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 version of me. So right. so if you say you read my blog, so I I I'm very focused on the different versions of yourself when you're mm. with different when you're in a different environment, mm. and I realize that the irony is when I'm in Singapore, which is my home, and I'm most comfortable. I actually am the version of myself that I most dislike. I'm a little bit pompous when I'm here, uh, not very compassionate, or rather, I always tell myself I have no time to care. So I think we're all guilty of that. Yeah, yeah. So that part of me I don't really like, and I don't have time for my friends, but I have time for my clients. Mm, when it came to that that state, I I really didn't like myself. Mm. But the me that I, when I was in Japan or when I was in France, I I was always available to lend a listening ear. Um, I was always in the moment. Mm-hmm. I wasn't checking my phone. Mm. It's just the pacing and the the way yeah. that life is. But yeah. Japan is also quite fast paced, right? Yes, but the thing is, they have its balance of beauty and peace. Mm. So in the concrete jungle, suddenly you walk into. Yoyogi Koen, a park, mm. where it's just acres of solitude, trees, and earth. Mm. So that's I think that's what um, Singapore is lack of, but it is understandable because we don't have that much land. Mm. I mean, Japan has has the same issue with us. So their overpopulation is very severe. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Tokyo, especially. but there are four seasons, so mm. they learn not to hold on to things. Mm. Mm. Here we cling on too much to. To material things mm. and or just to things, in general. It's quite amazing. It's good to learn to let go. I think you are a master of that. I think that that's something. I think even I'm guilty of that uh, quite a bit, like letting go of things and understand. What about like um a lot of, what about like family? Like you know, have you thought yeah, of yeah. like you know having kids? No, that's down? why I think um uh in life we made a lot of choices, yeah. and so my maybe if you ask me one day what is my regret, my regret is would be that I don't have children, I I don't have a family unit, I don't have my own kids, so that's why you hear stories of me kidnapping my godson <laughs> because I just I love children so much, but right. but by by. The path I've chosen has led me to this point where I didn't have a successful relationship, so I was never married, and right. I don't have children. So, but so this is this will always be one thing that I wished I had. Mm. But because of this, the upside is I can do stupid and crazy things like that in the middle of nowhere, end my career, fly to somewhere. And ignore my mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I, mean, I have to do definitely. this when my mom is healthy, you know. But actually, I also do have that mindset as well um, to eventually um, be based all over the world, yeah, to yeah. travel the world. And yeah. when my kids are older, I'm gonna ignore them completely yeah, yeah. and bring my wife and like just 
go to weird places to spend like two, three months or six months in, mm. like, and, and understand different culture and really spend life, spend time like understanding life like everywhere. Yeah. I think you can still do that with kids. Like. It's just that you the can. period where the kids are growing up, like now, la, now I'm stuck in a way I'm stuck. Yeah, mm, but I, mm. I'm looking forward. Like now I'm like every day I'm like, okay, okay, where are they growing up? They are growing up, growing up, growing up. Like, don't sure. wait, don't pray for them to grow up because they grow up too fast. No, I mean for me it's like I, I appreciate them now like because I know, okay, my, my heart is quite set on two. La. I don't think there will be a third. But if it's really on two, I, every day I look at them, I know that like, they are only three years old and 27 days for once. Yeah, that, so yeah. I appreciate that moment. But I also know in my heart like, about letting go that like, it's going to go. And when mm. it's go, when, when, he's, when they grow up and they are not young and cute anymore, I'm fine with that. You know, I remember very, f- very fondly of the experience, but I'm okay that it's gone now. It's like, I'm and time to move on. And very soon, they won't want to hang out with you. No, don't say. <laughs> really? Very soon, they'll find you. I will you. be cooler than them for the rest of my life. Okay. That's my aim. Like, okay. Every time I look at me, it's like, oh, my dad is like cooler than me. You have to keep this hand. This, this, yeah, this, I will, I will this make outfit. them look bad. Yes. That's my aim. Yeah. Okay, let's talk a bit about something specific. Uh, okay. okay, we still have time. Like, okay, I'll say that... Um, I want to talk to you about fashion a little bit. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Because I'm not, a, I'm not a very fashion-oriented person. Mm-hmm. Um, I always had this question. It's a little bit heavy. Um, but I think you are the best. You're publisher of Elle and you know, you, you let Style by Style and you've always, always been known as like a fashion icon in Singapore. I, had, I always have this issue with, with fashion is that I don't find it a very positive industry. Oh my God, why? Yes, exactly. So, okay... Uh, I have a lot of good friends in fashion, you know, mm. and, and I always I feel very shitty for feeling or thinking the way I'm thinking. But mm, mm, mm. to me, fashion always presents itself as a very vain, mm. very egotistical, and very materialistic industry that doesn't really ha- doesn't really have a lot of value, okay. which I struggle with, you know, because I do enjoy nice clothes and I do enjoy all that, but I, I don't really find like a like a value in it, and. Like, mm. would you like to disagree and like educate me? No, <laughs> like, no. What no. is the value? Oh my of, God! What is the value? Of, okay, honestly, I go for like I used to go for like shows, you know, like uh, Singapore Fashion Festival and all stuff. I realized I don't really enjoy that atmosphere <laughs> there. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of very pretentious people around. I'm sorry, but they are very pompous and very <laughs> vain and and very plastic. And I. I can't say everybody is like that, but when I go in, the genuine atmosphere is like that, and I get very like, oh, like I really don't belong in this place, and mm, mm. And, it, and then it reinforced my idea that there's no value in this industry. So I keep mm. looking for that value, but I can't find it. I also asked Sheila the same question, and then she was a bit like, uh, uh, so I thought like, maybe I asked you, maybe you have like a... a, a so Sheila, uh, uh, and has no... no. She, she, I mean, she <laughs> says about, okay, she talks about the craft, like uh, the craftsmanship and right. everything, which I agree to a certain level, but... But that is such a small part of fashion. But fashion is, you know, it's so it has become like a show whereby mm. you know, like the richest. But if I own the the most expensive, most exclusive bag, right. then I'm the most fashionable person. Or yeah. like you know, I behave this way. I, I met some fashion um, icons and fashion influencers and stuff. That and I I'm, I hate to say it, but most of them are not nice people. Oh you know? dear. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I, like I, I meet a lot of like influencers oh. or people oh. in the industry or icons and. Like, the fashion people, I'm, I won't say all. Oh, there are nice people, definitely. But the, the ratio of, like, shitty people to good people... And when you say they are not nice, why? Just pompous and vain and egotistical. Oh. Like, like, they don't look at humans as equal. Like, if I see someone that's badly dressed, I don't judge them. You know, like, I, I try and find out your story and yeah. I understand, like, oh, if you, don't, if you want to dress like that, why? I mean, I, I don't, I, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't, it's not a hindrance. But to them, it almost seems like if you are not fashionable enough, Mm. then like you are below me beneath me and I will not have anything to do with you so that is the general vibe I get from, from most of the, the industry like, which, which bothers me oh. so I, I don't know what's your opinion on that no I think because you uh, have come in contact with not fashion mm. I think you have come into contact with material consumption okay so you have come in contact with capitalist consumerism um, which is actually to me, it's a flaunt of uh, the amount of luxury goods that you can put on yourselves <laughs> and what it means to have that on you. So it is the same notion as um, uh, what I feel about why sometimes Singapore is a little bit superficial because everything is about the outer appearance and how much gold and glitter you can put on yourself. 
But you see, that is not fashion. That is plain showing um, wealth. And there's nothing wrong with showing wealth. I mean, you earn so much and if you have so much gold bars in your cellar, what is stopping you from buying things to make yourself happy? So I've never had anything against... Um, I just wish I had, I had as much money too, so that I can... Like gold bars on your earrings. Yeah, so that I can use a gold bar to buy a plane ticket to fly somewhere. So you see, all of us have our own yeah. goals. Yeah. Um, what is their value? I feel that every industry has a value um, to each their purposes. You cannot do without the fashion industry because the fashion industry supports the entertainment industry. Without fashion, our Star Awards would be utterly boring. There will be nothing to see because uh, Academy Awards, for example, Oscars, the Golden Globes, other than their talent and their productions, there will be nothing for them to, uh, to show off the, the beautiful aesthetics of life. So that, I think it is... Beautiful a, aesthetics of life. Yeah. And I think life, there's so much sadness and tragedy that we need beauty to sustain it. And so sometimes in religion, they say, look around you and appreciate the roses. So unfortunately, Singapore has no roses. We do not buy in the... Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go to Far East Forest, yeah, yeah. right? So, but we still need to have enough, sufficient beauty aesthetically in front of our eyes. So if you look at it, that is why in Japan, they put so much uh, focus on packaging a simple box of chocolate. In fact, I feel that there's too much wastage there. You know, they're very yeah. opposite of Echo. They pack like three paper bags of things and ribbons yeah. for one yeah. small yeah, little Yeah, one thing. keychain. Like but one why candy. do you think they do that? In Japan, we call it Kodawari. This word has always been in my watch word of mm. the, in my brain because Kodawari means putting a lot of care in beautifying something because it's an expression of love. I can give you a box of chocolate, but I can give it in an expression where I show you I put in a lot of effort to make it a bundle of joy for you so that even without seeing what's inside, you, you, you find that thing so beautiful that it has really given you a lot of joy. And it shows you how much the person has gone in terms of effort to give you that. Mm. Um, so this is what I think, uh, you know, to me, fashion is. They provide a beautiful side of life. Uh, in fashion magazines, we create stories and dreams so that we give the, our readers a chance to get out of the very, very mundane sequence and routine of life to reach out into a world where they go like, I want to look like that. I can be that way. I can be a Jennifer Lawrence riding a horse in Dior and riding into the sunset, which is one of the, my favourite fashion spreads of all time. Um, it serves to give people hope. Yeah. So that, for me, is the fashion industry. What you are talking mm. about are the people and the, the different byproducts, side effects of that. Yeah. I've right. seen very conscientious uh, and competent people working in the fashion industry in Paris, for example, when I met them at the Fashion Week. And I've seen how actually downright subtle they are. They are not decked out in brands at all. Um, just, they're just in black because they, they, you know, they're just very simply dressed, but elegant and classy. So that's why I feel that sometimes in Singapore, we express our wealth in a very uh, showy way. And then sometimes you go back to Europe and you see the real editor actually is such a simple but classy. For example, you know... Mm. Mm. I understand. For example, when I went to um, intern at L Paris head headquarters, I was shocked when I was introduced to the editor in chief of L France. She was in a very simple black turtleneck and jeans. Um, and then I look across the office and I realize people are wearing very simple clothes like you, but they are showing the in individualism. So you think fashion is an uh, expression of individualism? And how much you are comfortable with your body to not have to deck 
yourself. No le, but the devil wear Prada. Meryl Streep never dressed <laughs> like that le. Not like that one. <laughs> I think that one is an exaggeration. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a caricature, caricature of uh, Anna Winter. Mm. Um, but that's the Anna Winter you see when she attends Fashion Week. Of course, she will be decked out in 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 her mm. her designer clothes. Not because she's showing off. She I don't think she needs to anymore. It's because of her support for that particular label. Mm. Yeah, because what she wears becomes the That's next. That's a trend. very actually fulfilling answer. I mean, I I, <laughs> I think I have a better understanding. So same now. thing for me. I try to be Anna in my own way. So when I attend Singapore Fashion Week, I make sure I wear local designers. So that I support. What they are creating. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Because I have even my cousin is a local designer. Mm, so, mm. Um, yeah. So a big part of me wants to love the industry as well, but I'm always fighting with this yeah. part of me that yeah. doesn't support it very much. So, yeah. I think that's a fantastic. So, what do you? How's the Singapore fashion industry like now? Like, is it booming? Do you, do you think it's on an upward trend, or do you think it's quiet? I think it's very tough. I think very Singapore tough. is very tough because we are not um, at the the recipient end of any of the fashion imports. Um, oh. I'm, yeah, I'm not talking about just consumerism mm. and consumer goods. I'm talking about fashion theories, fashion ideas. We are not at the geographical location right. uh, to be connected to all these wonderful creative minds. So unless you step out, but the, the, the fear of people stepping out is they never come back. So I have so many designer friends, creative people Local. who... Local. Yeah, who went out and they just stayed there. They stayed there, and we have never hear about them anymore. Yeah, and then you're so shocked. Like, what? You did this? Used to be a Singapore label, huh? Like that? Yeah. Like, oh, what? You are from Singapore? So, but they, so they ended That's so up. so sad. Uh, so hopefully we will improve from here. Right. But the government need to do a lot more um, support. Um, they need to to open a lot more. Uh, channels for our designers to come in contact with buyers, with international buyers, with international capital Buyers as investors. in companies that buy and distribute your clothes? Or? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Merchandisers who are sourcing for good brands to be showcased in, mm. for example, Harrods mm. or Bloomingdale or... Right. So for like... Isetan. Uh, right, for, for... Like... When we think about like fashion in Singapore, it's like almost like the only job you can get. It's either like a fashion designer or like a model. It's like mm-hmm. the only two things. But I'm sure there are like many, so many different kind of career paths. Can you like maybe tell us? Fashion photographers. Mm-hmm. So we have very outstanding ones. Yeah, Some okay. are even creating waves abroad. Fashion stylists, fashion directors, um, fashion merchandisers, fashion creative directors, people who arranged... The, 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 the aesthetics of a shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Fashion magazine writers, fashion writers, mm. or just fashion inspirations um, in, in uh, fashion influences, maybe. Mm. Yeah. People who, but I feel that we have, but um, not well exposed enough, mm. or rather the industry is not supportive enough. How, how, how should it be supported then? I feel mm. that, for example, more people should um, be aware of the importance of having a fashion festival um, in Singapore where it's not just about um, asking people to buy, but it's more of showcasing the immense talents that the schools have nurtured. We have about six or eight fashion schools. We do? We do, because I go for my campus tour and I attack fashion students first and foremost and then media students. And we have people all over Asia coming because we have very good schools, you know. And then they graduate and they have no outlets to express or to launch a collection. So I think the government should step in at this point to, to, to link them to investors, for example, so that they have the capital to create the first four collections, spring, summer, autumn, fall. Because without doing that, they cannot be deemed eligible uh, or, or, or credible on the, insta- on, the, on the international stage. Right. So um, we cannot have talented people walking around with their portfolios and waiting to be discovered. No, you have to come up with samples. And then we, cre- we need to create expo or fairs for them to display their goods 
It has to be a very collective so like, effort. So, for, okay, if I'm a designer, right? So I design my my collection, and then yeah. I have to basically wait for an investor to invest in it. Yeah, or, and then, or you actively look, or you for, look investors. for investors. Yeah. And what does the investor do? Oh, so they would look at your business plan. So basically, you are starting a company, now, right? Yes. So basically, yes. if you're, you're with starting your label, you mean starting your own company, yes. right? Yes. Your own collection. On, online or it has to be brick and mortar? Or... Yeah, and then you hope that someone would spot you and then you're, you, can, you can actually have a small pop-up, let's say, in other parts of the world, in different right. malls. Or you can start with Singapore, in Tangs, in right. Takashimaya. Right. But first of all, you need the money for the material. You need it to be manufactured. Right. So all these and a collection. It's almost equivalent to like a filmmaker making their first short film. It's a lot. Perhaps. Yeah, it's a, so much more than that. You see. Right. So for one for one particular uh, collection, you need to have it in different sizes. So you need to have like substantial pieces for it to be sold. Yeah. For you to be deemed credible. If not, you would just be a student. Yeah, a like, one-off student uh, designing mind-blowing gowns and nobody's ordering. Because you don't right. have the means to actually go through the entire supply chain. Right. Yeah. So okay. that is why you see a lot of fast fashion brands going to China, set up factories and having fast track, quick um, solutions to creating mass production for clothes. Right. Mm. So if I'm a fashion enthusiast in Singapore, a fashion student, then... What, what should I have? Like what? Okay, first of all, I ask this question all the time. The mindset and the skill set that I need to succeed in the fashion industry. Yes, I think for Singapore in particular, yeah. you need to be very... Um, you need to have a, a big stamina and a huge appetite for growth and for setbacks. Because every step of the way, you are looking for help. Right. And then you're looking for support. You're, you're finding support where there isn't. So that means you're creating. <laughs> you're creating. That means you have to keep on justifying and uh, proving to people that you are very sure of your talent. So unfortunately, a lot of people fall short of that because it is very draining. You see, how many times do you want someone to present themselves and say 10 million times that, please believe in me? So after a while, you will give up, you see. Also, like, because when you're a designer, you are usually, like, very creative, like a creative person, You might right? not be able to sell Yeah, you yourself. might not be able to be the business side of you. So, exactly. basically, either they are lucky enough to have a friend or something that's good yes. with that, yes. or they have to learn something that they are not imbuedly, like, talented to do. Yes. So, that's why that's so when hard. it comes to fashion, I only focus on this business of fashion, and that's why I saw the value, because it creates jobs, opportunities, and it, it unleashes passion. What you spoke of just now was just the epidemics of fashion industry mm -hmm. because that, as I said, is the other side effects. But unfortunately, I think that is actually the more... The more like, prominent Yeah, ones. the more prominent mindset when people talk about fashion. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. The more prominent mindset. Yes. Okay, that's, that's very, very fruitful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think that really helped. <laughs> I uh, tried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very serious. Suddenly become very serious. Yeah. But it's okay. good, it's good. I mean, it's good to... Because I see a lot of young people now pursuing this path yeah. and I don't want to be discouraging. Yeah. Um, so I, I try my best. As I said in my campus tour, I try my best to illustrate to them the possible challenges um, and the, all the hurdles they have to cross. Mm -hmm. And I, after, even after I've said that, I still see the level of excitement and enthusiasm. That's great. So it's, I'm very... That's what passion does to you. And kudos to the schools and the professors. Mm, that's true. Because I, I always like, oh, I, we always get this um, idea that millennials are very uh, to you know, very uh, entitled, uh, 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 then uh. cannot work hard and everything. And I think that's true to quite a bit of an extent. Mm. I would say a lot of millennials, especially in Singapore, where it's so comfortable. They don't really, they don't need to stretch, right? They basically, they are, they are very comfortable already. So, yeah. and, and we can't fault them because they are in a very comfortable environment. So the only thing that can drag them out of their comfort zone is that if they are very passionate about something and they can't get it. Yeah. That's the only way they will work their face off and they will really want something. That's the only way you can get the fire in them because we don't need to survive anymore. We are not like some like poor like city in like Philippines where poverty is stricken and you really have to survive. So our passion is really the only way we can move mm. forward from here, I feel. Mm. Yeah. Okay, lastly, you get to ask our audience a question. So oh. it can be any question you want to ask. 
It can be a silly one or it can be a serious one and they'll reply in the comments. Oh, really? Yeah. I can ask anything. Anything, anything that you are curious of, that you want a answer from, like a oh. survey la, almost. Um, I want to ask, what are you unhappy with at this current stage of your life? And if there's one thing you can change and you have the ability to change, what would you change about your current self? So one thing that you don't like about your current self and what is, and what can you change? Yes, yes. Okay, that's a good question. Du, 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 start writing. Yeah. Thank okay, you but, but, but huh? what, what is one thing that you want to change about yourself actually? Oh, is there anything? actually I just went for the Tony Robbins uh, ah, Unleash Your yeah. Power Within workshop yeah. and that yes. really changed my perspective. Um, uh, mm. I used to... Now I'm actually not unhappy about anything else. Uh, I used to be quite unhappy, like frustrated. I wouldn't say unhappy, but frustrated. And I, I always didn't know why because I'm actually happy about my job and everything. I realized from the workshop that um, that's because like my what I'm working for uh, is different from what I really want. So basically, there are six. I'm like advertising wow. for you. There are six basic human needs: like four essential and two spiritual. So it's certainty, uncertainty, uh, significance. And uh, what's the other one? Love and love and connection. Okay. And then the two uh, spiritual one is growth and contribution. Uh, so six things. We all need these six things to survive, whether yes. in different portion and yes. everything. So um, some people need certain things more. Some people need certain things. And like for you, very obviously, you need uncertainty in your life. Mm, like, yeah. mm. So for me, uh, I used to be working when I was with MediaCorp, especially as an actor, fully as an actor. I was working very hard for significance and certainty because we have a pay and then we got yeah. project after project and and uh, so I was working very hard for these two things but actually these are not the two things that I really want in my life. So I sat back and I started mm. asking myself what I really want and I realised that like I'm very driven by growth and very driven by love and connection. Yep. So I started to realign my energy to these two things and I used to get very frustrated when I spent time with my kids because I feel that I'm not working. Mm. That I, you know, now I realize that this is actually what I want to do. I want to develop a relationship with my kids. And so when I spend time with them, I feel free now. I'm not so angry. Mm. And like for growth, I used to work for significance. I want to be more popular. I want to win star awards. I want to, you know, yeah. do that. Now, I don't really care anymore. I just, I just want to know that I'm improving. I'm becoming a better actor. I'm becoming a better producer. I'm becoming a better human being, more compassionate, more like stronger, fitter, faster, whatever, you know, just, just that, that process itself. And, and once I switch that on, then it just changed my life completely. I just, I, it just, I, I'm just happy now and I, I can work like longer hours and mm. I feel myself like aligned better. Yeah. Mm. And don't forget, you know, mm. you might have a calling because mm. I feel that the, so the contribution part of what you were saying, yes. because what you're doing now, creating good content yes. and especially setting up a small company like that, yeah. it's the, everything starts off small, right? Yeah. But you, you bring like-minded people together yeah. so you don't underestimate this synergy mm. because this is how you change your own ecosystem but this is how then you affect other people yeah. to join. I do, I, I do feel that... Uh I do have the contributing part, which, yes. which is, and uh, it's not very strong for me at this point of time, but I do foresee it, it has gotten stronger as I grew older, so mm. I do foresee it becoming a major part of my life yeah. uh, eventually, but I, I'm not forcing it, so if I feel it, I, then I'll do it. That's and my, you're setting a good doing. example, first and foremost, for your kids. You know, as they're growing up, it's very different when they're, you grow up in a family where you see your parents passionately living their life to the fullest, you know. As opposed to, you grow up in a family and your parents are just very tired all the time, yeah. always grumbling about work, because yeah. always very fatigued Yeah, very stressed out. Very, yeah. Yeah. That's a little bit my family when I was growing up. Uh. Mm. Yeah. So you see the effects you have. So don't undermine your contribution. And this is a lot of value. Mm. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, really, really. And you know, I look at the three of you. Yeah, it, it I have is, to say, these three of them are... Very passionate. That's very right. As I'm talking, people. I see them nodding their heads, yeah. and I I can fully really feel like in this room, the synergy of people yeah. listening and growing is, is is a huge deal. So we always say we must affect change, and we always think of a huge change that we have to do. Small little molecular collision like this to me is really very positive. Mm, it is. You are yeah. very positive. 
you are very inspirational. <laughs> Even for me, I mean, I, I've heard many people talk and I, I, I try and listen to a lot of people's stories, but yours is still very inspiring for me. Like, mm-hmm. it challenges a lot of my mindsets. It challenges right. a lot of my possibility. Like, um, actually, when I think of you, I also think about uh, Adrian, Adrian Park, because he's also one person that switches from one to another to find who he really is. And I find not having these golden handcuffs, right? I, I'm successful as an artist, then I cannot move to the next thing. Yeah. I'm successful as a corporate. I cannot... Yeah. Wow, when you break free of this, it takes so much courage and, and yeah. you guys, I think you all practice it perfectly and, and it's very inspirational to everybody that's watching. And I, I you hope have to interview Adrian. Have you interviewed him? I, I, I don't know whether I asked him. Once he's back, because now he's in Barcelona filming, yeah. uh, shooting a movie. Yeah. So once he's back, you better grab him. He's, he, he is... He is inspiration. a hero. Yeah. Yeah. I also think he's like very inspirational. Okay, let me see if I can get him. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much.